You're listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast, where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their current portfolio allocation. Now to your hosts, Clark Sheffield and Jace Mattinson. Welcome to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast. Before we get into our guests today, I just want to go over a few things. Once again, if you'd like to be on the show, send us an email at millionairesunveiled at gmail.com. Also on our website, millionairesunveiled.com, you can find various resources about the show, more show notes, and also we've got some millionaires that were willing to do interviews with us but did not want to be on the podcast, and we've posted some of those on the website as well. Also, we have some uh, people who have inquired about investment opportunities. We are currently raising capital for some investment in the multifamily space. And if you'd like to uh, look at a couple of those, just email us at millionairesunveiled at gmail.com. Today on the show, we've got John Michael, and his net worth is around $4 million that's split between his single-family duplex and triplex rentals and his plumbing business. And John Michael tells us about his story leaving corporate America after a decade and some change and going into the plumbing business that he bought and growing that and moving some of those profits into real estate. So without further ado, let's get into the show. All right, welcome to the Millionaires Unveiled podcast. Today we have John Michael with us. John, do you want to kind of just give us a little bit about your background and what you're up to now? Sure. I, I'm, a, uh, I'm a businessman in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, I'll say that, that I own a uh, service business that does uh, residential, con- residential plumbing, okay? That's my first business. And that business kind of opened the doors for me to buy residential real estate. Today, today I have 20 doors, which represents 20 different leases that, I, that we maintain or different properties that we maintain. Now, a lot of them are duplexes, to be quite honest with you. But it, it is, uh, you know, 20 is, is, is on our way to 40, I hope so, and then onward. But... Uh, I think it's advantageous to say that I did come out of the corporate world. I was very unsatisfied there. I have a type A personality and I just, you know, no matter how hard I worked, they were always moving the fences and, and, and setting the bar. And it was always, you know, somewhat achievable, but always just a little out of reach. So when you, when you were promised to have that bonus at the end of the year, it would always slip away. And then, of course, they've moved the bar again. So by going to work for myself, I eliminated somebody else setting the bar. So I think that's important that if you work for yourself, you have the flexibility to, one, fail, or to succeed. It depends on how, how you... Uh, want to work if you want to open the doors every morning and go get lost you can do that but you won't stay in business very long i have a tendency to open the business every morning uh shortly after the seven o'clock hour and i try not to exit exit the, the business unless 
everything everybody is in and everything's accounted for as far as different jobs being performed that day. And it gives me the flexibility to hunt for real estate. I do it online. In the real estate market, I've found in the last few years that you have to be very reactive to the market. If you find a property, you better be ready to buy it within about two hours' time or make an offer to buy within two hours' time. Also, the I think the plumbing business has helped me establish relationships with banks so that I know what my banker will let me do. And if I tell my banker I want to buy a piece of property, as long as it appraises, he has no no issues with lending me more money to purchase with. Now, he doesn't want me coming to him on Tuesday and Thursday, but if I spread those deals out a little bit, he's more than welcome to, uh, to make me a loan. Gotcha. So how long were you in the corporate world? I was in the corporate world 11 years for a Fortune 500 company. I was a, a district manager, sales manager here in the Southwest, you know, Mobile, Louisiana, you know, some a little bit more in Mississippi, some in Texas, Oklahoma. I oversaw co-workers that were that were you know in training and recruiting those those individuals as well. Went to went to um, uh, American Management Association School in Chicago at, at one period of time to become a, a very effective district manager and manager of people. How did you choose to go into the plumbing business? I worked for a company that sold plumbing supplies in the in the my fortune the fortune 500 company was a company that did that so i i met you know a lot of these plumbers and contractors and i noticed that the best plumbers were the worst business people and the best business people were the worst plumbers <laughs> so it, it kind of opened the door that if i was if i could learn a business that i could probably run a very effective one and I, I believe we're, in April we'll start our 26th year. Wow. So we've been doing it a long time. So let me just back up a little bit here. What's your net worth? A little under $4 million. And how much of that is in the plumbing business and how much of that is in real estate or other things? I would, I would say $1,750,000 in the plumbing business. Uh, there's, some money, there's some money in cash. That I'm sitting on, that I shouldn't be sitting on. I need to put it to work, but finding the right deal is hard to do. And then the real estate is a little over a million five net. Gotcha. And can you break out that real estate a little bit? You said you have 20 doors. How many different? Is that 10 duplexes, or or what's the I've breakout got, there? I've got eight duplexes, uh, one triplex, one single family. And one of those duplexes is a commercial duplex, what we call a tilt wall duplex. Gotcha. And about how much did you buy those for, roughly? Well, they, they varied in cost between, I'm going to say 175, between 100 and 175, up and down that scale. I remember buying some for 100, you know, 110, 150, you know. But typically they're cut, they're low end. Type rentals. Most of my rentals rent for a thousand dollars a month. A lot of them are two bedroom, one bath, or three two bedroom, three bedroom two bath that all rent around a thousand dollars a month to uh, 
twelve hundred a month. Gotcha. And what's your cash flow from the from those properties a month? The cash flow is right at about eleven, just under eleven thousand dollars a month. I'm sorry, twenty thousand dollars a month. My net is approximately half. Gotcha. Based gotcha. on you know, based on what little maintenance we may have to do, or or landscaping and so on. Tenant turnover is is a little bit of it, not very much. I find that that if we manage those that real estate using the same team every time, in other words, the same painter, the same grass guy, uh, same electrician, that we keep the cost real low. So our maintenance is minimal at best. Gotcha. So you're, let me just say this, you're a plumber worth $4 million. Does that surprise some people? Or would that surprise some people? I mean, I assume it it, will. it, it, It does surprise people because I find that the older I get, and I'm in my 60s, that other people don't plan. I mean, I've had the same marriage for 33 years, 34 years. Was it always a perfect marriage? No, it struggled because of because of cash flow. Only because of cash flow. And I always told my wife, "It'll get better. You know, give it some time. You can't you can't buy a new car this year. Maybe next year." And that would that would not make my wife very happy, but. It kept the marriage together that we that we would talk about it, and that we, we knew that we were headed down a you know a path to achieving you know financial freedom. Today we you know I, I believe we have that financial freedom. We live in a in a, in a probably a four hundred fifty thousand dollar home. We owe less than half on it. My wife drives a nice car, so I I, I find that people just don't plan to be successful financially. Um, my own brother, for an example, leases his cars and has a 30-year mortgage on a home that's probably, you know, six months old. And he had to take money to the closing that's to sell the other one, the, the previous one. Wow. So in my, in my own family, you know, growing up with the same standards, my parents were not, they, were, they worked. My mother was a teacher. And, and they didn't believe in credit cards and, and have, carrying a lot of debt. So how long ago took a vacation, you know, how long ago did you buy your first real estate investment? I would say about 12 years ago. Okay. And how, how come you decided to go into the duplexes and and triplexes? I like the theory that indeed, if, if it was 50% full, it would probably make the bulk of the payment. Now, let me say this, that I remember taking a banker's rental property. I remember taking the banker by the house one day. I said, hey, I want to show you something. Let's go to lunch. I borrowed my wife's good car. <laughs> took the, picked the banker up. We went by this piece of real estate. I pointed at this little house. And I said, hey, I want to buy the house right there. It's $32,000. I'll give you 10% down. Make me a loan. I'll give you 20% down. Make me a loan. And he looked and I looked and we never got out of the car and we, and I started rolling down the street and the banker started laughing. And I said, what's, and there was another banker in the backseat, just having to, there was two bankers that day. So he started laughing. I said, what's so funny? He said, I make suburban loans for more money than you want to pay for that house with nothing down. Wow. I'll just make you a loan like you were buying a used car, a, a new car. 
So that thing was paid off, you know, in, I think 16 months. And today that house is a Section 8 home in a suburb of Dallas. I've had a St. tenant in there for probably six or seven years. And I, and I get right at about $1,000 a month out of that house. Do you manage all of them? Real low, real low. I manage all of them. Now, my part of my management is my wife worked for a Lincoln Property Company when she got out of college. Okay. And she's a par- and she's a licensed paralegal. So she has that legal, you know, information at her fingertips and she makes sure that we're, we're not committing any any big problems or big issues. Gotcha. So how come you decided to invest the profits and stuff from your business into real estate versus another vehicle? I I had had bought some stock from time to time and it and it never did well you know it would lose money um i didn't have the time to devote to to uh watching it close enough and i know that real estate was going up i mean real estate uh, was always increasing in value from what i understand black black hawk capital has just bought a whole bunch of houses i mean millions and millions of dollars worth of homes because the rental market today in America has an average time of eight years versus five years, I think three years ago. So the average tenant now is staying eight years versus five a few years ago. So I just somehow got in that, uh, got in that vein of buying real estate. It was somewhat effortless for me to manage it. And as long as I had a, a good tenant, they would always cash flow money. So you, you talked about this briefly, but you know, you're in your sixties. What age do you right. think you became a millionaire? Oh, that's a good one. I don't I would say probably fifty five. I'm gonna say fifty five. Okay, and I assume you started let's say twenty five, twenty mid twenties, young twenties, started working full time? Oh yeah, definitely, yes sir. Yep. So it took about 30 years. Was any, was that, was it discouraging at all when you first started or did you kind of keep your, your sights on the goal or how did you stay focused? Um, I, I think just through work, work ethic that, that, you know, I, I, I always felt like I had to work. I always paid attention to what I was doing. In other words, when everybody else was laying out the pool, I was still working at three thirty in the afternoon. Okay. So even as a, as, as a young man, I worked my eight hours, eight to 10 hours a day, gave, gave my employer, you know, a full day's work. And the extra income, did you, did you invest that? Did you just save it? Did you put it in retirement plans? What did you do with any extra money? No, we had, we had some, we had some in retirement plans and we just rolled it over into real estate. Gotcha. And we would keep, keep acquiring, you know, money and, and put it into, to, uh, for real estate. Now I have a daughter that has a, a college education from a prestigious Catholic university here in Dallas area. And she has no, no student loans. We paid cash for her education. She drove a, 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 a brand new car or was put, she was purchased brand new cars to drive, not used cars that might've had, you know, problems or, or issues when we bought them. So we bought, her brand new cars so that we wouldn't have to worry about our daughter being outside and 
breaking down at two in the morning or midnight, whatever kids, you know, are running around. So I want to say that it's a really afforded us a, a nice lifestyle to, to know that your daughter doesn't have any student loans to pay. For. And we don't have any major debt that we can't pay off tomorrow. Our home, our own personal home, we can pay it off tomorrow if we deem necessary. That's freeing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So what? Did, maybe I missed this, but what did you do at the Fortune 500 company before starting this plumbing I, business? I, I was a, I was a, I was a salesman and a sales manager. Oh, that's right. And so, did you have plumbing experience before, or how did did you learn that no, to no, start this business? No, I had, I had no, I had no plumbing experience. Now, I as as a young as a teenager and a and a uh, young adult. I did work some construction sites, you know, worked for a paint contractor. So I was a little familiar with construction. So, and I sold what they call aftermarket parts. In other words, we sold crane and Kohler and American Standard parts that operated the faucets, commodes, and so on work. We sold school districts, uh, parts and pieces. And it was a, it was a very, um, challenging career because there was no you had to you had to beat the, the, the concrete real hard to achieve the, the numbers that the, the company wanted and so you you also took the time to learn though how to how to fix these plumbing issues right well i, I would say i'm i'm a i'm an amateur at amateur but i can't come to your home and clean your sewer you know or, or unclog your kitchen sink yes Gotcha. So you're working in this corporate job doing sales. And one day you said, you know what? I can't reach where I want to be. I can't, you know, reach the goals where I want to get at. I'm going to start my own business. And I guess it's going to be a plumbing business. Right. Did you think about other businesses besides plumbing or that was a home? No, this, this opportunity to buy this, to buy this older gentleman out. I bought a guy who was needing a retired. It was a very inexpensive buy. And I, put together the funds to do it, paid cash for the business, which really hurt me. You said it hurt you because why? Because I paid cash for the business. I didn't spend a lot of cash. I spent almost all the cash I had. It did not have enough working capital when I started. So I had to struggle to come up with, to, with profits in order to have operating capital, make payroll, buy inventory, and so on. I did obviously start with some. But I didn't have enough. Wow. So do you have a target net worth that you're heading towards or a number of doors or something? Um, more money, more doors. That's, <laughs> that's the game plan. I, I'll be quite honest with you. I, I'm now looking at multifamily properties like a 20-unit building or something like that. So I can't say that. And I would, I'm, I'm working with another gentleman, a friend of mine, to perhaps put a together a syndicate and buy a, you know, 150 unit place to manage it and, and take in a few partners. Gotcha. Are you so, going to sell your business one partner, day? Boy, I don't know about that. I, do, I really do not know uh, whether to, to uh, hand it to my daughter or to hand it back to my employees and let them pay me. Last year, this year, to be quite honest with you, I had, I had a stay of bad health where I went to the hospital and caught 
staph infection. Ooh. And I was in there for 40 days. Wow. And my company ran flawlessly while I was gone. And everybody took you know, great pride in, you know, doing what they had to do, working together. You know, I thought I'd be gone about five days in the hospital and ended up being 40. And then after I got out of the hospital, I didn't have enough strength to walk from the car to my desk almost. It was terrible. I mean, I had to get a real close parking space. And I couldn't drive to to uh, to work at my back into my business. So it took me a time to to work back into it. So really, they they ran it for you know two and a half, three months. Without pretty much without me. I mean, I'd go in sometimes for an hour, but that was taxing. So I I really have to tell you that I've surrounded myself with great employees and my my secretary who's really my right-hand man. I just sent her and her husband to all-inclusive vacation in Mexico, Plaza del Carmen, airfare and everything is kind of like early Christmas bonus for doing a great job. Wow. So what advice would you give, John Michael, to somebody who's, you know, starting off where you did in a corporate job at, you know, mid-20s or maybe starting a business, you know, and, and maybe a millionaire seems a long way away from them. What advice would you give them? I would tell them to, to you know, stay focused, to have a plan, to stay focused and, and keep that plan in plain sight and in their mind. And obviously to do a good job for whatever they do, if they're, if they're peeling cantaloupes and, and selling cantaloupes that are peeled, you know, keep doing it, you know, be, be market yourself and, and do a great job for, for your customers. I would also tell them to, to, uh, you know, have a, have a five-year vision, maybe a 10-year vision keep that in the, in the forefront in the beginning. I don't, once they get there, like myself, you know, I want more. I don't want to limit myself and say, I want another 2 million. Um, so, but I feel very comfortable and I don't, I don't feel insecure anymore. Like you can feel insecure when you first start a business. Sure. Are there any uh, books or products that kind of helped you maybe as you started in real estate, anything you recommend? Well, I, rec- I recommend, obviously, a-, a book that that everybody talks about is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I also, uh, in the last year, a couple of years ago, I read The, the One Thing by uh, Gary Keller. I think those are two great examples of, of books that people need to be familiar with. Uh, Gary Keller is The One Thing. Is a super book. Um, you know the seven habits of successful people. It's a great book. Yeah. I'm not much of a reader, so I'm gonna, I'm not going to sit here and tell you about a whole bunch of books because I'm not. Re- I was never a great student. I was very ADD, ADHD. Um, what was your GPA? Wow. You remember? 2.7, 2.7 maybe. Okay. I was, I was, I struggled. And I went to, to a, uh, a private university that was not the highest academic school out there. 
let me ask you this. Has your lifestyle changed through the years as you've started to make more money and, and have access to more money, or has it stayed pretty pretty constant? I, I want to tell you, I, I want to say it, there are there are times it, it has, it's, it's, it's a fun, you know, fun parts, okay? But basically it stayed fairly, fairly simple and fairly down to earth. Now, when I see it's at its fun time, I remember bringing Corvettes home two at a time and, you know, playing with those and then selling them off and finding another adult toy. But I, but I never wanted a, never wanted a boat, you know, because a boat would take me away from my work. And I'd be hard to get a hold. Of. But basically, I've stayed with my feet pretty much firmly planted on the ground. I got one question for you. Would you say it was easier to purchase that business from somebody else, or would it have been easier to just start from scratch? I think that purchasing it from somebody else was fairly advantageous. Now, I had to work to come up with the cash to buy the gentleman out. We, we had worked two prices on the business. One, if he carried a note, and the second price was cash. Now, 25, 26, 27 years ago was not a lot of money. But when I went to buy the business, close the deal, the gentleman had come down with Alzheimer's, and he f- forgot. Oh, he was going to carry the note and at what price he was going to carry the note. So I had virtually no choice but to pay him cash. Wow. So I had to adjust my game plan at the last minute. But it gave me a base to work off. Now, back then, I want to say that a service call was $32 an hour. Today, I tried to get 100 Fifty-seven fifty to one hundred eighty-seven fifty an hour. Hmm. So um, it's changed a lot, and I think I think it's important that, that you need a banker, you need somebody that's going to lend you money. Now I don't want to talk about the major banks, the Chases and the Bank of Americas, but I don't think that type of bank really wants your business, a young entrepreneur's business. I think you want to deal with a banker that is small, that is very personable, that recognizes you when you come in. Uh, I had lunch with two bankers yesterday, as a matter of fact, and I told the banker how much I enjoyed this new deposit machine that they gave me that sits on my secretary's desk that we don't have to leave our office to deposit money into our account. And it saves us, you know, a lot of time every day and, and we get almost immediate credit. I mean, within four hours, the money's in the bank. Not that we need it. I mean, years ago we, we had to run to get it there. We don't do that anymore, but make a long story short. I think you've got to have a good banker, somebody that wants you to succeed. Now, when my banker called me years ago, he was mad if I wasn't at my desk at seven thirty in the morning, ready to talk to him. Hmm. Interesting. And, and, and yeah, and, and I and I have customers that always wanted to talk to me about an answering machine. Gotcha. That was important. Awesome. Well, John Michael, thanks for coming on the the podcast today. We appreciate you, John Michael. I, I, I hope we I hope we gave some insight to to uh, 
to some young entrepreneurs or young business people that want to reach that goal and grab the brass ring. So awesome. This if, is John Michael, our guest answer today. Any questions, yeah. If we can answer any questions later on, please don't hesitate to call us. Will do. So our, our guest today was John Michaels, got a net worth around $4 million, broke up between real estate and his business, a plumbing business. Appreciate you coming on today, John Michael. Thank you. Yeah, you guys have a great day. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast with Clark Sheffield and Chase Mattinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website at millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.